First off, mate, big congrats. You won a pizza. I, I was going to lead with that, you know. I was going to lead with that. I'm coming down Perfect. from from my from it. my stuffed crust throne uh, to dwell <laughs> with you mortals once again. Uh, Papa John <laughs> Trophy champions of the world. There was two AFL Trophy finals on the same weekend. I thought they should have yeah. played for a 15-inch. Like, just oh. get the two winners together to, like, play for one enormous pizza. Or even the Wembley lasagna. Remember the Wembley yeah, lasagna? The whole Wembley lasagna, yeah. Play for the entire, just, there was an opportunity there. Um, there was an they opportunity missed it, there. They missed it, mate. Salford got shafted. <laughs> 24-hour champions. Uh, but yeah, they've made way for the true kings of England right now. <laughs> I should probably start the pod, shouldn't I? <laughs> Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works, then. Enjoy that now. No. Uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts. I'm joined in the virtual studio by Mr. Jake Wilson of BBC Match of the Day magazine. How are you doing? I'm all right, Michael. I got my new mic. I'm, I'm matching you now, mate. Our, our tones can be especially dulcet from this point on. I'm trying to be all um, slick with his network. microphone. I, uh, and, uh, you... Congratulations, Michael. Congratulations, my friend. Since we spoke last, um, you had some joy in your life. We are the Papa John's Trophy Champions of the World, which uh, is a huge esteemed title. Uh, it's the first time Sunderland have won a trophy at Wembley since 1973, uh, or, or won anything, or, or just won at Wembley. <laughs> it's, we, we don't win a lot. So um, yes, I, I had a fantastic afternoon sitting entirely by myself, uh, watching Lugo 9 and the boys lift, lift the trophy. So that, that'll do, that'll do. Big shout out. Good morning to everybody, especially if you are Charlie Wyke, um, the the hottest goal scorer in Europe right now. Uh, but let's move on to, I'm not going to say bigger things because, you know, it's part of John Trophy, but let's move down to smaller things like the Premier League uh, coming up this weekend. We only have four games on TV this weekend, but there's plenty of drama to enjoy from them all. Uh, we're going to break this down into into two big old sections here. We're going to be looking at the relegation battle, and we're going to be looking at the battle for Europe. Uh, I mean, it's it's every team involved this weekend is fighting for something, pretty much, apart from Leeds, weirdly, who are just kind of there. But we'll still talk about you, Leeds fans. Uh, but yes, let's start at the very, very bottom uh, in the Premier League relegation fight. And I mean, this is the, the relegation fight uh, of, of the season so far. It's, uh, it's Brighton versus Newcastle. Uh, that's kicking off on Saturday. That's an eight o'clock kickoff. So it's prime time for your Saturday evening viewing on Sky Sports Premier League main event now TV. Um, Brighton finally won a game, <laughs> and you're going to tell us all about XG. So I'm just going to let you take the stage. You love a bit of Brighton chat. I do love a bit of Brighton chat. Yes, they beat Southampton, but Michael, they lost the expected goals battle. They I mean... sacrificed their their crown for those cheeky, cheeky three points. Was it worth it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Premier League survival is worth more than um, the the joy of many data analysts the world over. Um, Brighton finally managed to score a couple of goals. Um, they look much better going forward. Trossard and, and Welbeck put in some good performances. Um, and they've got, they should be scoring more than 
more than they are. They've got Dunk, who's now hit 20 goals in a Brighton shirt, 15 <laughs> with his head. That is quite a weapon to have from set pieces. Um, and then you've got a forward line full of attackers who have scored goals elsewhere. Trossard plays for Belgium in Hazard's position when Hazard's injured uh, quite often, which is remarkable. Hmm. Then you've got Welbeck, who, you know, is brilliant in an England shirt um, and has had his injury troubles. You've got Mope, who couldn't stop scoring for Brentford. He started that chain of um, Mope, then Watkins, then now Ivan Toni. Um, but Mope was the original Brentford goal getter. Um, and they've got the, the players there. Thankfully, uh, they, they scored a couple against um, a very out-of-form side. Yes. Can they score more? I think so. I think they're going to be a better force from this point on. You Hopefully, that's a little bit of, it's just a little bit of confidence for their, their attacking walls of late. Surely, it's a little bit. Um, it's just something to build on, isn't it, really? Yeah, like Rather than sort of turning up every game, knowing you're going to make chances and not take them. To actually do that, to turn up and take those chances, be clinical, um, it just shows they can do it. They can do it. I, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm always somebody who will say, who will quite happily sacrifice style for, for results. Um, as you can see by, sorry, I was just noticing what an absolute mess I look right right now on Zoom. I was like sorting my hair out. I was like, come on, man, you look like you live under a bridge. But um, yeah, like I'm, I'm all about the the end result rather than the style it takes to get there. Um, so yeah, good, fair play, fair play for Brighton uh, for doing that one. Got some tricky games coming up though, which probably adds to adds to this Newcastle game being even more important. They have Man United, they've got Everton, they've got Chelsea coming up. It, that's in a row, uh, and then before the end of the season, they also have to face Man City, Arsenal, West Ham, and Leeds. And none of those are easy games. And all of those games, they are going to need to bring their sharp finishers. To, well, yeah, to the match. <laughs> Otherwise, they're not going to get anything from any of those games. But they've they've got the. Um, pedigree from the last few games they've, they've beaten Leeds of late they've beat Spurs they've beat Liverpool they've put in performances against teams that are, are up in the top of the table it is important though that you know like last week and like this week coming they beat the teams around them because if they're lost to Southampton Southampton probably then out of trouble if they lose to Newcastle what impetus that gives Newcastle over them and teams like Fulham so this one's probably bigger than than any of the others, you know, around. Mm. And if Brighton win this weekend, they, that would take them up to thirty-two points. Uh, I mean, then they're only a point off Burnley, only a point off Southampton, and and then only three points off Wolves, four points off Leeds. So so suddenly this one weekend, it, it's getting to that time of the Premier Premier League relegation battles, of which I know them so well. Uh, it's getting to that point where. Every weekend, it looks so tantalizingly close. It looks like, oh, once you get over the 30-point barrier with ten, you know, nearly 10 games to go, you're fine, you're safe, you're home and hosed. But it's, it's, it's just not that simple. Uh, and it's one of those where, you, you know, one win can take you way away. I think a win for Brighton here, I don't think they're, like, safe, but they're very close or they're not far away. But a defeat here, and and suddenly there there could be in the in the bottom three or or very close to the bottom three by the end of the weekend. Um, so a very very close game, and and against Newcastle as well. I mean the battle has sort of swallowed them up, hasn't it? It's it's wrapped around them now. They've got Brighton ahead of them, a point ahead of them. They've got Fulham two points below. Uh, 
well, who knows what's going to happen on, on Friday night. But as, as it stands on Thursday, as we record, uh, they, are, they are two points ahead of Fulham. Um, I mean, three draws in a row for Newcastle. It's solid at the very least. But West Brom, Wolves, Villa, like a sort of Midlands trio of just average performances, really. I mean, those are the sorts of games. I know Villa are a decent team, good team. But when you're at the bottom, you've got to be taking the fight to teams like that who are kind of in the middle and don't have a huge amount to play for. Um, same with Wolves and, and West Brom. That match, I watched that game. That was a disgrace to humankind. Like, we, we can do better than this as a race, you know? We can, <laughs> if that is entertainment, if that is top level entertainment, we can just do better. Um, it's not looking good at all for Newcastle right now. What do, what do you make of it? Um, I'm with you. Like you, you said you prefer substance over style, Michael. With Newcastle, you're not getting either. No, you haven't for, no. <laughs> for all season. I think it's uh, it's it's unfortunately a bleak time uh, as a Magpies fan. They they seem to lack a little bit of desire to win games. They watched the Villa game. And they put uh, Steve Bruce put Andy Carroll on for the last five minutes when they were drawing and then losing. And they, yes, Lascelles saves the day. What a proper leader he is! Um, I'm sure he'd do well in it within any side um, if if he ever does decide to leave. But club captain, uh, moving on. Um, yes, they they are obviously missing St Maximan and Almiron and Wilson, but they've got to have more desire to to win games like that. They mm. seem too happy to to finish nil nil. One point isn't good enough. It's not well, going to satisfy your fans, and it isn't going to make sure you're safe. I know you don't want to lose games, but you've got to go for those three points when they're on the table for you, where they were for Villa. I think. Mm. I mean, again, my my, my takings from that. West Brom Newcastle game was that at least West Brom tried and failed. Newcastle, they kind of didn't try, and almost looked like they succeeded, because because at the end of the game, Steve Bruce was talking about how this was a great point, it was a good point, all that sort of stuff, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it probably did effectively relegate West Brom. I mean, if you want to look at it that way, it pretty much killed West Brom's chances because it had had West Brom won that game. Um, you know, the, the whole complexion changes again and, and West Brom have the, the slightest glimmer. So yes, effectively, it did relegate a team. But that does not help their Newcastle's cause whatsoever. Obviously, Fulham winning against Liverpool that same weekend. Brighton have just won. Teams around them are picking up wins and, and Newcastle seem content with draws and, and that's not enough at the bottom of the table. That That's enough if you're in the sort of the Southampton-Burnley stage of this, if you've got 33 points. But Newcastle don't have 33 points. They've got 28. And that's just not enough. Um, I mean, say you draw, yeah, you do the maths. <laughs> They're not going to stay up with draws. Um, and then look at their games coming up. They have, let's have a look at their games here. They've got Tottenham. They've got Burnley. They've got West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, Man City in a row. I, I mean, there's some hard teams in there, hard teams to beat. And then at the end of the season, they got Sheffield United and then Fulham on the last day. It's like it, it, there's a lot of games there where they probably will sit back for draws. And I just don't think it's going to be enough for them. 
No, I, I don't think so either. I think with, with Fulham's next few games, they've got Leeds, obviously Friday night, which is an absolutely huge game with mm. the, the lack of form Leeds have shown recently. I think they're, they're third bottom for form Leeds. Um, and then they've got Villa and Wolves Fulham, which so, so legitimately they could get nine points there in three games. You, you just said Newcastle's run. I wasn't quite aware of how daunting that was. And for them to, to have got one point out of... Um, you know, their last two games, I think it was. Um, it, it's not good enough, Newcastle. And they've got so this Brighton game, <laughs> I think us talking about it has, has made us realize yeah. how massive this is for Newcastle. Yeah. If they lose Brighton, if you know Pascal Gross puts on a clinic and, and gets three assists, and Newcastle, Newcastle lose handily, it could go very, very badly, very quickly. I, I think they are the favorites to go down right now. I, I genuinely think that putting all bias aside, they're, they're playing for draws and they're playing against teams who you almost have to play for draws against sometimes. And I just don't see where their next victory is coming from. I, I don't. I look at that list and think, what, Burnley? Could Newcastle break down a Burnley team? I think Burnley, in complete survival mode, just wanting that draw to eke out a draw, I think they can. It, it will against Newcastle. And that looks to be one of their more favourable games over the next few weeks. I think it's really, really tough uh, for them. But obviously, you mentioned their Fulham. Uh, we'll, we'll move on to the next game of, of all of this mess. Um, before a couple of predictions at the end of it. Uh, Fulham, before all of this plays, plays out, they have Leeds on Friday night. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff, uh, and it's on Sky Sports Premier League main event and now TV. Um, yeah, about Fulham, what, what, what do you make of them? What have you made about them recently? Uh, and do you think they've got a shot here? They, they definitely have a shot. Um, it, I would be more worried as a Newcastle fan than a Fulham fan, even though... Cause- Fulham have got that chasing down to do. I think that's a nicer mentality to have than Newcastle, who, who know that they've they've had it in their hands all season and they're, they're looking over their shoulder now because they keep throwing things away. Fulham, you know, they beat Liverpool. Huge, huge result that was. Lamina uh, getting the goal there. The confidence has got to be up. And, and like we said, the next three games are all very winnable. They're not daunting, you know, trips that the Etihad. Um so, so Fulham have it all in their hands. Defensively, they look good. Ariola, um, I don't think people have spoke about quite as much as they should have. I think Ariola's been one of the, the top goalkeepers in the country um, this season, definitely in the Premier League. Martinez has had a lot of talk, but Ariola has saved so many um, shots that he didn't really have a right to save. So, full credit to him. Uh, Joachim Anderson looks class now. Um, he's the sort of player that, you know, um, earned that record Danish transfer fee for for, for a Danish player, and now he's back in the the Denmark squad, I think too. So you've got those, you've got versatile players all over the pitch. Um, Bobby Decker, Reed <laughs> popping up in every position on yeah. the pitch. Bar Bar yeah. Ariola's uh, taking Ariola's gloves. So uh, you've got players like that, and you've got flair players who on the day can can change a game. Josh Madger, obviously, you know, um, he's come in and, and hit a few goals. Adam Lookman can change a game in a second um, in the middle. Zambo and Guisa, I can't stop talking about to my mates. They're getting sick of me telling them about his dribbling <laughs> stats. He is, he's, he's a top-level European uh, challenging player. So um, I think he, he's got a big future. Fulham have all the parts and they've got a manager who's making them play 
in a way that he wants to, which is attacking and with the ball and, and you know, uh, confident that they're the team that are going to win games um, most of the time. So I think Leeds should be daunted with, with their lack of form and Fulham's upturn in form um, that, that Leeds could get, you know, seen to here. Mm. I'm just going to tear up my notes there because you've basically mentioned every player I was even thinking about when thinking about Fulham. <laughs> but you, but you're I right, just though. really like Fulham. I just really like them now. They've got yeah. they've got a great yeah. great set of parts and a great man in charge. So yeah, what you, what what change? What a change mm. you know last few months have had. Do you know what they remind me of? They remind me of last season Sheffield United a little bit. Like or of recent times, they have. I mean, I'm looking through their their stats there since the end of January. They've they kept six clean sheets in eleven games, included in that run of games. Obviously, there's the likes of Liverpool, there's the likes of Tottenham, Man City, uh, Everton, West Ham. There's a lot of big teams in there. They've had quite an awkward run of fixtures. Maybe not the well, they have played some of the absolute top teams, but there's an awkward run of fixtures, and they just seem to be grinding out a clean sheet every other game. They're keeping score lines down, even nil nil draws with Palace it's not ideal but it's a it's a it's something uh, they beat Sheffield United when they needed to beat them they're pulling out a couple of upsets when they need to pull out a couple of upsets they, they just they just pick it I mean their form chart looks a mess it's it's a scattering of wins losses and draws but that actually kind of suits Fulham because they are getting wins and loss wins and draws in there um, I mean that's what you just can't say that for Newcastle can you really um far too far Few, <laughs> we'll keep this one in, but yeah, too few, too far. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to try and say that phrase. Can you help me out here? Yeah, I think Fulham over the last 17 Premier League games, I think it is. I think Fulham have earned nine more points than Newcastle. I think Newcastle have only won two of 17 Premier League games. Um, and that's that's what you want. It's okay to lose a few games if you Fulham, if you're going for those wins, and and they certainly are. That you would think would be the the better solution to get out of this this trouble. Yeah, um, rather than Newcastle, who are picking up wins few and far between. <laughs> Tada, <laughs> and and land. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I mean, Fulham, they're still down there for a reason. They still aren't this perfect world conquering side but they're keeping score lines down while also picking up results and and again that Man City one bit of a I mean they're playing an unprecedented side pretty much uh, and apart from that they've kept every game very close uh, and I think that is key in in the run-in they're going to some of those games are going to fall in their favor some will go against and some will just sort of peter out <laughs> so uh, <sighs> I mean, when when we're talking about these games, who, who are you going with, Brighton, Newcastle, and who are you going with in Leeds v Fulham? And and what are your thoughts on relegation? Who who is the team who's going to occupy that third spot? Yeah, I think we have written off Sheffield United and uh, West Ham, West Brom. Sorry, unfortunately, um, they do seem a little too far away. West Brom, just as a side note, got one point out of Newcastle and Crystal Palace, and their next game is Chelsea. So I do <laughs> think they may may have missed uh, missed their chance. Coming to the weekend, I think uh, Friday night, Fulham, it's such a big opportunity for them at home to to Leeds. Um, I think Parker will make that very clear. It's going to be a cold London evening where the Leeds players might, you know, run themselves into the ground. But 
I, I feel like Fulham have got a bit of magic. They've got a bit of magic there, even though Bamford's going to want to, want to, you know, stamp a claim on a future England call-up. I think Fulham get over the line, maybe 1-0 there. And then uh, following up, I just love Brighton. I love I love how they, they, they want the ball and how they play. And, and I can't see many shining lights, if any, at Newcastle. Um, they just don't seem to have goals in them without those players are missing. Jellington, Dwight Gale does come up with goals, but he's, I think, probably had his best seasons in the championship. So um, Fulham, three points. Newcastle, no points for me. Um, and that closes things up a lot. Um, I think, yeah. Every, there's lots of teams still in it. I think the only two teams who aren't in a relegation battle or looking up uh, are Leeds and, and probably Palace now. Um, everyone else, everyone else is in a bit of a bit of trouble. Wolves can't rule them out from getting themselves in trouble because they can't score a goal. The, the lack of players getting into the box is remarkable. Um, William Jose has not hit the ground running as we would have hoped. Southampton, um, they've got, you know, the FA Cup still still going. That might be a distraction, but I think they they will get enough points. We spoke about Burnley getting five points off Leicester, Arsenal and Everton. Um, and remarkable. And then you've got Brighton, who I like, so I'm not putting them in a battle, really. I think they're going to yeah. squeeze out enough wins. I think their XG will, will always be good, but... Um, I think it's I think it's between Newcastle and Fulham, and my heart says Fulham are staying up, and my head says Fulham are staying up. So I can't really argue with that. <laughs> quite definitive, quite definitive. Yeah, I, I would actually I want to narrow the battle down a little bit there. I think I know what you're saying about Wolves, and you know about Wolves far more than me. But I think 35 points this stage of the season that's a pretty good total. And I I also fancy Burnley. I mean they're in good form. They've won. They've lost one of their last five. Lots of draws coming in. They've gone in total armadillo mode. And so I I, I fancy Burnley to stay up. Southampton are interesting. Southampton are very interesting actually. Uh, they've lost a lot of games recently and. Obviously, injuries piling up, and yeah, outside bet, outside bet. I, I think if if Fulham, if Fulham and Brighton win this weekend, well, if there's two wins, if Fulham win and then Brighton or Newcastle win, then we could be we we could be a bit worried about Southampton. Um, but I, I'm, I'm I mean I'm going with I'm going with a Fulham draw against Leeds. <sighs> I think I think I'm going with a Fulham draw against Leeds, uh, and I do fancy Brighton to nick one against Newcastle. I don't think it's going to be a great game. I think it'll be very close, but I could see Brighton nicking that one one nil, and that would be enormous, enormous in the relegation battle. Um, so yeah, I'm going with Newcastle to go down, which brings me absolutely no pleasure to say. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I fancy Brighton to get a win over them, and I fancy Fulham to get a draw from Leeds. Southampton again, bit nervous, bit nervous, but I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be all right in the end. Uh, moving on, looking further up the table into the top half, we've got a very congested. It's funny how the fixtures just sort of work like this. Um, but we have tenth, ninth, eighth, and fifth all in competition with each other this weekend. Uh, who we're going to start with here, Mr. Wilson? I'm just checking my notes. We're going to start with West Ham v Arsenal. Uh, it's a three o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Uh, Sky Sports Premier League main event and Now TV. Um, yeah, I mean, let's check the table again. We got West Ham in fifth. We have West Ham in fifth. They are three points off the uh, off the top four battle. Which credit to them, they're they're still hanging on in there. Um, 
yeah, how, 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 what do you feel about West Ham? What, what are they going to do between now and the end of the season? What is their ceiling? I don't know, really. I think the Champions League may be a step too far for, for West Ham. You know, they're only three points off Chelsea um, in, in fourth, but Chelsea look a completely different animal at the minute. I don't know if we're gonna, we'll get to speak to them, but um, seeing them, you know, get past um, very good opposition in the Champions League, I think they've conceded, you know, two got to, in two games out of 12 um, or something ridiculous. They are so good defensively, Chelsea, that I think they will get too many points for West Ham to catch. And then this, it's it's holding off the teams below them for West Ham. Um, they've got a, a great set of players, West Ham, that they can count on, which I think is the most important thing. Fabianski in goal, I've spoke about a lot because I, I love him. I think he's so underrated, um, so consistent. Um, I think we saw last season when uh, Fabianski was injured and they were playing Roberto and um, David Martin. It wasn't the same West Ham side. Um, so Fabianski now back to his best. Defensively, looked much stronger. Um, Dawson, as we spoke about quite a lot, is having an impact up and down the pitch. Um, and then going forward, Lingard has come back in. Excellent form. Uh, you've got Antonio, who is a striker playing you know, at the peak of his potential. He's played you know, down the EFL in non-league. Um, in several different positions out wide and up top when you have Antonio the pace and the strength and how clinical he is really when chances come it's, it's such a danger so I think West Ham will consistently pick up points from here on out it's just making sure that the teams below them Liverpool are only two points behind Everton are two points behind Spurs are only three points behind I think that is a lot to ask of West Ham to hold all three of those teams off to get fifth I think West Ham, you know, you'd back them to get European football from this position, but, you know, that could be down to, you know, seventh. Um, so, yes, the signs are good at West Ham. I like them. I think, you know, if you'd swapped West Ham and Arsenal in the table at the beginning of the season, you'd probably be like, oh, yeah, that's probably a bit more mm. right. Only seven points between them, but quite a few spaces. But no, West Ham deservedly are fifth. Um, they just need to need to need to work to to keep a couple of those teams below them uh, just at bay. Mm. I think it's playing without pressure or fear. I think you, this is where perspective comes in because you've got to think West Ham was so close to going down last year, and I hope players, fans, you know, everybody associated with the club. I hope they all see basically whatever happens for the rest of the season, it's still a positive. It's still a good season. I mean, you look at the gap there, they're seven points ahead of ninth, which is Aston Villa, uh, and, and seven points ahead of Arsenal in 10th. You you would hope that they're kind of top eight. You would hope that top eight is where they're going to end up. I mean, even then, ninth, 10th, it's still a very good season for West Ham, considering where they were last year. Um so I hope there's a bit of context. I hope there's a bit of, you know, all things are considered when, when weighing up West Ham at the end of the season. Um, I think you're right, though. I think holding off Liverpool, Everton, Spurs is, that's some feat. And if you do that, you have fully earned your place in fifth. I think, yeah, top four look like they're slowly sealing them, themselves off. Uh, Leicester form pick it. Leicester are an interesting one. I was a bit worried about them for a little while, um, but it looks like they've picked up their form and and they're on the march. Uh, Chelsea look like, well, Chelsea are outstanding if you, if you watch them in the Champions League. 
uh, I think that is the top four is a pretty sealed club. Uh, but West Ham, let's say, fighting away. And this is a big opportunity. I mean, a win here and they all but guarantee their top 10 finish, which I know it's fairly certain anyway, but they pretty much do. Uh, and, and almost guarantee themselves to finish. Well, could, could you see Arsenal overtaking them by the end of the season? Who knows? Um, Arsenal, interesting team. Interesting team. Obviously a fantastic win uh, against Spurs in the North London derby last week. Um, enjoyed the bit of a power move there from Mikel Arteta, dropping Obama Yang for being late. Uh, that is a bold, bold call. And especially in a North London derby, especially when you are the weaker of the two teams in the table, especially when you are Arsenal sitting in 10th to drop your captain, that's, that takes some guts. And I was very impressed. I've, I've been critical of Arteta, but I was very impressed with that. Um, and it didn't go against him. It didn't go against him in the end. You know, obviously, that sort of thing. Suddenly, you know, if Lamella scores a second Rabona nutmeg, then, uh, then 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 suddenly the decision goes against you, and you've got fans all over your back. But I think to lay down that law to try and drive up those standards is something Arteta needs to do. Um, it, it, standards of all of all kinds, performances on the pitch, discipline, whatever it is, the Arsenal needs to be better. And um, and I think they are. I've been very skeptical all season. They are very slowly starting to turn a corner. Um, and this is a huge game against West Ham. Who 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 would have predicted West Ham being up in fifth uh, and being sort of the favourites in a game against Arsenal? Um, yeah, big game in prospect. Definitely. Um, I think you're right about Arteta. I think it's important now when they're in such a transition. And they need to refine their identity to have a, a team over individual um, mentality. And a, a bopping jump, dropping Aubameyang showed that. So well done them. And then um, obviously stepped up and got the win. Lacazette scored the winner. But before that, Martin Odegaard wrote himself into some very interesting history, Michael. I just want to tell you this one fact I enjoyed. That's he's amazing. the first... He's the fourth player to score their first Premier League goal in a North London derby for Arsenal after, look at this company, Nicholas Bentner, Per Mertesacker and Lucas Torreira. So <laughs> it can Huge. go either way from here. Huge. So the, his, four Arsenal players to score their first goal for Arsenal against Spurs. That's, yeah. good, that's good company there. It's good company. Mm-hmm. Martin Odegaard, Per Mertesacker, same player, really. Same player. Oh, yeah, exactly the same. Exactly the same. <laughs> They've got some attacking talent, Arsenal. I mean, we're, we're looking at them and you kind of see Arsenal almost a transition to being tight and edgy and, and sort of keeping clean sheets and grinding out wins and things like that. They haven't kept a clean sheet since the end of January, but they've scored three goals in three of their last five games uh, and, and beaten Spurs on top of that and drawn with Burnley on top of that. So they are... They are coming together up front. There's still, I mean, like Gazette, you mentioned there, Odegaard stepping up. Um, there's signs, there's signs there of life. And I think that's important. Obviously, what they need right now is just to keep keep finding those wins against, against big teams. Um, but yeah, interesting one. They are the underdogs in this, in this uh, European battle. Of course, they're still four points off Spurs. I mean, what a big win that is. Imagine if Spurs had won that. They'd have been... I can't do maths. <laughs> There'd have been ten points. There'd have been ten <laughs> points behind Spurs. I'm having a shocker today. I'm having such a shocker. Um, but yeah, obviously they are outsiders. But 
but they're still in it. They're still in the hunt, and they're still in the Europa League, so I'm sure they'll be aiming for some form of qualification through that too. Uh, moving on to the other game, we have Villa and Tottenham, the two teams who are kind of mingling around in between uh, West Ham and Arsenal. Uh, Villa in ninth. Villa in ninth. Uh, with a couple of with two games on hand on Liverpool, if if they win both those games in hand, uh, they would be sitting in sixth. Which fair play, Dean Smith. Uh, they played it, didn't they? West Ham, Aston Villa. They played at the end of the last day of last season. Who would have guessed that that sort of relegation battle would suddenly become this Europa League outskirts of the Champions League sort of battle? It's bizarre. Um, but fair play, fair play. What do you what do you make of these two teams? What do you make of this one? I think Aston Villa um, have obviously had a brilliant season. They've had some players really step up to the plate. Esri Konza um, looks really good defensively. He's he's doing all the dirty work. Doesn't He's not that ball-playing centre-back that's pinging balls like Conor Cody over the top. But um, he's keeping the, uh, you know Emi Martinez much safer than um, you know Villa's keepers were last year. Emi Martinez again, brilliant, done really well. But over the last few weeks, I think they have missed Grealish. Uh, he's such an unbelievable talent. You know, one of the easily one of the best dribblers in the Premier League. You know, maybe bar a Traore. Um, and I think there's there's one stat I saw recently which is most carries into the penalty area this season. And Grealish is on seventy five. Mbappe is on 58. So, <laughs> you, you look, the, the numbers are, are so, you know, all over the place. I, and that's it's, it's the highest in the Premier League by a, a country mile. And, you know, that's with his injury recently. So I think, you know, Grealish is that creative attacking talisman. And, and hopefully he's back for the Spurs game. And he's missed a few recently. And, and Villa have missed him, um, including the Newcastle one. You think... You know, Villa with with Grealish beats Newcastle rather than draws one one. So, um, yes, if if Grealish is back, this is a very interesting tie. If not, um, they may they may be the underdogs. But, um, but I mean, they've missed got Spurs. You, I was going to say you're saying this. They, they've missed Grealish in in that attacking sense, but they're still grinding out points, and I think that's quite an important thing. It, again, it's a different focus, isn't it? I know I've, we've criticised Newcastle for playing for points and things like that, but but Villa are still. They're still regularly topping up that tally. It's not like they've just sort of built up their tally, Grealish got injured, and then they've stopped playing. They're still quite solid, and I think that's quite encouraging that they're not just this total one-man band and and that, you know, he is their their key attacking outlet. Um, But you still think, like, they have um, a, a good core there, a good call to build on. And I think with the summer transfer window, I mean, hopefully Grealish stays with them. I'd love to see him stay with them. Um, but, a, you know, an, another couple of attacking talents in there um, could build on that very healthy defensive core. Emmy Martinez and goal sort of doing well. He's been linked with Man United, which is bizarre, considering, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, a bit, we'll talk about that another time because that is just a silly move. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, coming up against Spurs this weekend, I mean, we all thought they were back. We all thought Gareth Bale was the guy. And then they just go and Spurs it. They just go and Spurs it right up in that North London derby. Um, I mean, it didn't go well for them, did it really? Son coming off injured. Uh, you got Kane sort of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got Gareth Bale. I don't think you had a shot on target. It, it was just a, it, it, 
such a disappointing week for, from from Spurs' point of view. I mean, you, I know their their winning run sort of came against the more favourable teams to play against, and this was really an opportunity to show that they could do it against bigger teams. Um, not the, necessarily the absolute elite, but you know, going to Arsenal is still quite a, a tough tough ask, and they just fell short. They just fell so far short. Um, very disappointing from from Spurs' point of view. Definitely, they 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 had the opportunity in their hands. Um, Harry Kane hit the post with a free kick. He is unbelievable at football. But Lamella getting sent off after his moment of magic. Sanchez being reckless in the box. I know he's gone to to block Lacazette's shot, but throwing himself um, at him in the box gives away the penalty, and and Arsenal have the advantage. So yes, they did throw it away, and I think you know we we brought up that this, this could happen. They've only been beating teams, you know, in the bottom half. Um, they've lost every game versus teams in the top half of the Premier League this calendar year. So, you know, we, we should <laughs> we should have seen that coming, but that is a terrible stat that they have to rectify against yeah. Villa. They can't get really an easier game to change that specific stat, um, except maybe Liverpool on current form. Um, so, yes, they they... They've, you know, they're diminishing returns from Spurs. Um, they they have all the signs and all the, the the parts to do really well. I don't think there's, there's loads of players you need to add to a side like that. I think there's one or two now. Um, but they've lost nine games in the Premier League this season, which is too many. You know, that's got to be up there with the most Mourinho's ever lost in a Premier League season. So can't lose too many more really and hope to to be progressing if mm. you, we said about Gareth Bale his and Spurs's futures are linked if if Spurs only get Europa League football um and have to do the qualifiers even is is that enough to spend the money to bring Gareth Bale back does he want to come back mm. it's an interesting time for Spurs and it's interest it's interesting where their future lies the, within the, the talent, the players, is Harry Kane going to want to stay? You know, is um, Hugo Lloris still the, the number one in goal going forward? Mm. Behind the scenes, Jose, do they still trust him to give him a big outlay of money if they think that's necessary? These sort of games now going forward should tell that. If they finish fifth in the Premier League, that's a lot different to them finishing eighth, I think, with mentality goes yeah. for, for next season, which is a very big one for them. Yeah, completely agree. I think, I mean, look look at this weekend, again, sort of rounding up this European battle part. Um, but if you look and, and say Spurs and Arsenal both win this weekend, suddenly you've got Spurs sitting up in fifth, obviously barring, barring the other results that go on, but... If you just take it as it is now, uh, you could have Spurs up in fifth and Arsenal sort of moving up into that pack. If Villa win and West Ham win, um, then you could be having a situation where Villa are, are creeping up on Spurs and then West Ham are just far away. And so suddenly, but by the end of this weekend, Spurs could be sort of in that fifth battle or sort of just clinging on to 10th almost. It's just such a weird... It is such a big weekend for, for, for both of these teams, these North London teams. They find themselves at a bit of a crossroads. Are they going to be mid-table teams at the end of the season? Or are they going to be up there uh, fifth, sixth, seventh sort of place? Which is not fantastic, but it's something, and it's something to build on. Um, very interesting as the season comes into land. What are you going for prediction-wise? Villa, Tottenham uh, and West Ham, Arsenal. 
I don't think West Ham would mind a draw against Arsenal. I think Arsenal need the uh, the three points more than West Ham could could be happy with one. So I think that's how it will end. I think a score draw uh, West Ham Arsenal is about right. You know, puts West Ham right up in um, the uh, comfortable in fifth. Um, and then Villa Spurs, it's it's to me is is down to Grealish if he's there. Bertrand Troyes, um, it seems like he's injured for Villa, so they have lost a few of their attacking attacking talents. Um, a couple of the others are more more patchy. Trezeguet and El Ghazi, they they have purple patches. So my money's on Spurs to to change that record. I think it's a re- remarkable stat that they they can't beat these these better teams um, points wise. Um, and I, I think, you know, if they're going to play some kind of Bergewine, Mora, Kane, Bale hybrid, um, that's a lot for, for Villa to hold back when they haven't been on the, the, the peak of their powers. So um, 1-1 West Ham, Arsenal, and let's say Aston Villa, Neil Spurs 2. I'm going with, I'm going with Spurs win and I'm going with West Ham win. I fancy West Ham. Ooh. They're still in all right form. They're still in all right form. There's still plenty left in the tank. Uh, I'm backing them both. As for that top seven, I mean, we'll come back to this at some point. I feel like we need to come back to this. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's a very close battle, isn't it? I, I still, I, I still can't bet against Liverpool finishing that fifth spot. Um, but I think West Ham. I think West Ham top six and and Spurs. It's very much up to them if they want to come and turn up. If they want to turn up to the party and and uh, and play as well as we know they can, it's it's very much within their grasp. But who knows? And we are looking forward to seeing how it pans out. Um, after speaking about all of that, Ooh. fantasy Premier League. <laughs> Exhale. <sighs> fantasy Premier League. I mean, that screwed our week up. We only have four games to talk about. Um, I think we, we had a, a brief discussion about this. I believe Mr. Wilson is playing his free hit this week to negotiate the fact that six games aren't actually happening, uh, whereas I used mine earlier in the season for a situation quite similar to this. Uh, and I've basically spent the last few weeks taking points hits after point hits. And, oh my word, I've sacrificed my season for game week 29. Um, but now I have a team. I have a team and I have pretty much, well, I think I've got a full 11. I've got a full 11. I've got a full 11 playing, so that's all right, isn't it? Um, oh, wait, son. Son's injured. No, I don't have a full 11. Might need to do something about that. Another <laughs> point, Ed. Uh, but yeah, we've got a big weekend. Obviously, p- be careful who you're choosing here. Be careful who you're choosing because a lot of these teams aren't in action. Um, but also, you don't want to get stuck with a lot of these teams. I mean, do you really want a team full of Leeds, Fulham, Arsenal players? I don't really fancy that. Uh, so I've got my wild card to use next week. Um, I mean, this week feels fairly obvious who the tips are. I mean, we're looking at, we're still looking at Spurs players. I'm looking at Bale. I'm looking at Kane. Uh, Lingard is obviously up there as well as a as another option. Um, Potentially lots of Fulham defenders. I'm, I'm fancying Fulham defenders here. Uh, Leeds, patchy form. Uh, you can get Ara- Ad- <laughs> Torsen. You can get Torsen for cheap. Uh, you can get Anderson. You can get Olaina. Uh, there's a lot of options in there. And uh, yeah, any any words of sagely advice for us this time around? Yeah, I've uh, spent some time with my free hit this week. It feels quite nice, actually. It's like a pressure-free week for me. I just get to pick 
you know, some random form players that I fancy. And they're never going to come back into my side. You know, they're never going to come back. Rafinha, this is my one and only flirtation with Rafinha this season, but um, he could do the business. Um, Robert Sanchez in goal against Newcastle, um, I think is a decent shout too. Um, but yeah, I think I think you pick the big names there. I think Kane is getting my captain. Mm. It's quite, yeah, Brighton. Mm. I haven't got enough Brighton in there. <laughs> I've got Lewis. De- Sorry, I sound really sad about fantasy Premier League. I'm just, I've just lost a, a lot of ground in the last few weeks. But I, I think Lewis Dunk's your essential one from Brighton, isn't he? Really, um, I don't fancy anybody from Newcastle. I don't fancy any any player in there. If Callum Wilson was around, probably. But I, I just. Just nobody going forward or at the back. Who knows? Uh, so, yeah, good luck with your Fantasy Premier League. Let us know how it goes over this week. Um, it's an interesting one. <laughs> Brace yourself. Uh, and finally, we're going to look at we're going to look at something we don't usually look at now. Um, just very briefly before we wrap it up. Uh, we, we talk about these European battles. We talk about these relegation battles. I feel like we need to talk about the championship because we have a battle going on down there uh, who will be coming up to the Premier League next season uh, we have a lot of there's a lot of teams in a lot of good form just looking at the table now uh, of the whole top six there's only been four defeats over the past five weeks from any of the top six teams added together which is seriously good going uh, beyond that in seventh place eighth place you've got Bournemouth and Middlesbrough they've only lost one of the last five each and won three of the last five as well so you've got eight teams there kind of gunning for it right now um, not a lot between the between the teams. There's a, there's a couple of couple of three point gaps in there, uh, but nothing a game can't fix. Is there anybody you've sort of got your eyes on this season? I mean, I feel like I've got to start and just say this is Norwich. This is Norwich's season. They're they're on 82 points. Uh, they're 13 points ahead of Swansea in third. Uh, 10 points ahead of Watford in second. Norwich are coming straight back to the Premier League, and fair play for for sticking with the likes of Timo Pukki and and Daniel Farker. Um, they they they're coming back up. They're coming straight back up. They are, and they've, they've kept the philosophy the same. I think when we saw them going down last season, and they you know they weren't good enough for the Premier League, they knew that that would be okay. They knew that they, they'd keep Farker and most of their players. Um, I don't think they really sold many people. Um, Bar Lewis and, and Godfrey, um, Max Ahrens has had a good season. Emmy Buendia is not a championship player. Uh, <laughs> I loved him in the, the Premier League for the amount of key passes and chances he created. He's only going to do that again next season. Timo Puki still getting on the score sheet. So yes, this is Norwich's championship title and fair play to them. I think they're going to give it a much better stab of staying up next year. With another, you know, year or two under their under their belts, learning um, what what Farker wants from them. Obviously, Watford in a very good position, but um, I'm I'm really interested in Barnsley. What a turnaround um, that mm. they've had recently um, under their new boss. We've seen Barnsley for so many years as kind of one of those strugglers, uh, you know, on the precipice of League One and the Championship most seasons. But they're playing this unreal pressing game at the minute. <laughs> that would make Leeds look lazy. Um, so uh, I think I think they're in a real shout now. If they can keep momentum and keep energy in their legs for the end of the season, um, they're they're going to be my you know playoff favourites. Maybe mm. um, you've got Brentford in there. I was, was going to say just, really just, just interrupting you there on, on Barnsley before you go into the the, the Brentford run. Sorry for interrupting you there, uh, Barnsley. So again, so I've I've seen Barnsley play a few times um, down in League One and. 
Um, that's brutal to say that we're now looking up longingly at Barnsley. Um, it, like they were, they were such an attacking team. They had Daniel, they had Stendhal in charge, and and they were such an attacking, positive team. Um, but they weren't, they weren't sort of. They played nice football. They didn't blow the league away or anything like that. The, you know, I think we beat them a couple of times in the season. So um, they did concede goals. They obviously scored a lot of goals as well. Um, but it's so good. I mean, they stayed up narrowly last season. I only looked a few weeks ago. I feel like I haven't kept up to date with the championship as much because there are so many Premier League games during midweek now and so many Premier League games on TV at all times. You don't really sort of naturally flick on a championship game as often. Um, but yeah, I'm such a surprise when I saw them on the verge of the playoffs and they just kept going. They just, they're just not slowing down at all. Uh, Valerian Ismail uh, as the manager now, Stendhal left because they were struggling so badly last season. Um, they just seem to have been injected, injected with 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 more energy. Uh, Corley Woodrow leading the line, former Fulham player there, finding his feet in the championship, um, and and they've just got a lot of players scoring a lot of goals from a lot of positions, and and that is such a key thing to have. Um, you either you either need that one main goal. Well, they've got both. <laughs> they've got that one main goal scorer. Um, not necessarily on 25 goals, not going to get 25 goals this season, um, but a lot of players on five or six goals this term, and that is just such a good thing to see. For, for, well, I'm sure they'd be delighted to see it, just knowing that even when Woodrow is not on form, somebody will pick up the slack, somebody will find the net. Um, fair play to Barnsley, and what a story if they manage to go all the way to the Premier League. That will be an incredible, incredible turnaround from them. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping they do. Um, I've got a soft spot for Brentford Watercombe too, but nine wins in their last 10. They've got, you know, a couple of brilliant defenders. Anderson and Hellick have been have been phenomenal. So all eyes on Barnsley. Um, and it's going to be a real shame if, if Brentford don't do it, I think. They were so close last season. They had it in their hands and they let it slip away. Again, somehow they found the best pure finisher outside of the Premier League in Ivan Tony, who has been on an absolute tear this season. But they do keep letting points points slip away at the minute. Um, and we know how important momentum is for the playoffs at the end of the season. So I really hope um, <laughs> for, for me, the dream would be Brentford, Barnsley and, um, and, and Norwich. But uh, that might be a, a step too far. Um, and then you've even got you, uh, one, one team I was a bit sad you didn't mention, Michael, was um, Mick McCarthy and mm. his uh, Cardiff side. Um, they've had a, you know, they've slowed a tad on their form. But, you know, with Kiefer Moore up top and like Sean Morrison at the back, they've got so much talent up and down that pitch that will really hurt teams in a really direct manner. So, so they're in the fight too. It's, it's a very interesting end to the championship season bar watching Norwich um, play so their way. It's my sad duty to report that actually Mick McCarthy's Cardiff, they've dropped off a little bit. They've dropped off a little bit in recent week from their ridiculous form. I mean, they still haven't lost many games at all. Uh, but they, Mick McCarthy, I don't know if you'd seen when he, when he came in, it was some uh, huge amount of wins from Mick McCarthy straight away, hit the ground running, uh, took them from near the bottom to near the top. And uh, yeah, that, that, that momentum slowed a little bit. But maybe that's a good thing, you know. I don't want to put just a positive spin on everything, but maybe that's a good thing. I think they are a team in progress, and I think, yeah, if you're, if you're a championship struggler, suddenly have a good run of form and win the playoffs, that's going to be a very long Premier League season. So I think Cardiff sort of, I think they would take flirting with the playoffs. I think 
yeah, I think maybe a season two seems them to go up, but one to watch for next time around. As to our Middlesbrough, uh, Middlesbrough sitting in eighth now. They've won three of the last four. They've always been there or thereabouts th this season with Neil Warnock. A uh, very similar story, I guess, to, to Barnsley in that uh, the Middlesbrough was struggling so badly last year uh, and Warnock's just completely transformed them. Um, again, still think they're probably a year out, but, but Middlesbrough and Cardiff are my two to watch for next season. Um, Bournemouth are an interesting team as well. So Jonathan Woodgate, who had Middlesbrough sort of failing, uh, is now sort of temporarily in charge of Bournemouth and they're they're in danger, you know. They're in danger of not quite making those playoffs. They're in a bit of a battle, reading reading on the edge of the playoff spots at the moment. Um, so yeah, fascinating times down the championship. We uh, let's let's come back to this. Let's come back to the championship as the season goes on because it's such a good league. It, was, it is the best league probably in the world. I think from from everything I've, I've said this before. It, from terms of you, you get big crowds, you get big teams, you get so much drama. It's so unpredictable. Uh, championship is the best league in the world don't at me um i just don't watch it as often as i should uh, but it's a it's a it's a heck of a battle brewing there totally agree i love the championship it's a brilliant league as long as you're not in it <laughs> as a wars fan i'm much happier we're in the premier league than in the championship because we've had some seasons finishing 13th where it is a slog. So whoever comes up, they're going to absolutely deserve uh, their moments at Old Trafford and, and Anfield. So um, yeah, very interesting. Look forward to going back to it. And I, well, I would love to be in the championship. I know you're saying that nobody wants to be in the championship. I would, <laughs> I would, sell, I would sell a slice of my stuff, Chris, for being in the championship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, we will be there next season and I look forward to those tiny weird derbies in the championship next year. But more on that to come because next time we talk about the championship, uh, we could have very easily blown it and Newcastle could have enjoyed a five-game winning streak. Who knows? Uh, what's coming up at Match of the Day magazine this week, Mr. Jake Wilson? Michael, it's your last chance to get your hands on that Harry Kane limited edition silver match attacks card on the front of this mag. It is our Haaland and Mbappe special. So it's loads of ultimate baller battles. So we need you to help us decide who is better. Uh, there's loads of great stuff in the mag, as well as the match attacks. There's some Champions League posters that have gone up on my wall because they are tasty. Got a very good designer who's made those. Well done, Brad. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, it's a Brad. very, very good issue. And, uh, you know, the match attacks just sweetens the whole deal, doesn't it? Absolutely. We love a match attack. We love a match attack on, on the pod. Friends of the pod is the match attack. Uh, so get your copy now. And uh, thank you very much, Mr. Wilson, for joining us once again. Uh, we're on an international break. We're going to take an international break from, from the podcast next week. Uh, so we'll be back in two weeks' time. I'm also off. I'm off all week. So... I'm going to a different room in my house next week. That's what I'll probably do. Uh, my house, my small, tiny flat. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Come to radiotimes.com for all the sporting previews that you can possibly need. Uh, we will be rounding up all the games coming up uh, in, in the, over the international break. There's all the home nations plus Ireland uh, in three games across that week. So it's a, it's a hefty schedule for a lot of players there. Uh, we'll be also looking at Super Saturday for the Six Nations coming up this week uh, with an exclusive interview with Jonathan, da Jonathan Davies from the BBC. Uh, and we're also building up to Formula One coming back next week. Uh, I've chatted to Simon Lazenby as part of Sky F1. Uh, he rounds up his top drivers and top teams. Look out for that one next week and we'll be previewing the 
Bahrain Grand Prix. That is a lot of sport. See you in two weeks' time. I'm going on my holiday. Goodbye. Goodbye.